Welcome to The Conversation, a St. Patrick's Studio production. We are a community that seeks to know, love, and serve God more as Christian disciples in mission who are living beyond Sunday. Church does not happen just in the buildings that we can't go into right now, but it's who we are and how we live our faith and the daily ups and downs of everyday life. Um, and man, that up and down has been quite a ride here in 2020. Um, my name is Adam Stein, and I'm the coordinator of communications. And I'm going to hang out with my brother from another mother, Jesse Manabusin, today. Jesse is a composer, singer, songwriter, storyteller, humorist, catechist, evangelizer, and encourager. That's a lot of things to string together. You'll see and understand it all soon. He earned an MA in Multicultural Ministries from the Franciscan School of Theology, and we're going to be talking about that in a little bit later. He gives concerts, workshops, parish missions, retreats. He is the confirmation sponsor extraordinaire to my youngest child. Um, and uh, he has done quite a few visits over here to St. Patrick and to Arizona as a whole over the years. So without any further delay, we'll jump into the conversation with the man who needs no introduction, Jenny Manavusen. <laughs> oh, it's so good to be back on the block. <laughs> yes, Jenny from the block. I guess I should let that, I should, we should, do you want to tell it? You tell it. <laughs> oh, I'll just say that um, Adam Adel, Tom Booth, Carl, Carl um, Herzegal, uh, we were doing a CD uh, celebration uh, preview at uh, the Casa and Tom introduces everybody, comes to me and says, and now introducing a man who needs no introduction, Jenny Manabusen. Just a total, a total glitch in his process and everybody laughed and that's just stuck now. Well, especially for my kids who now call you Aunt Jenny um, right. and you're stuck with that forever. So I love it, I love it. Oh, well, how are you? How are you doing? How's, how's life? Well, you know what? It's. It's strange. It really is so very strange, even though sheltering in place in Northern California has been uh, since uh, the end of March and uh, has been quite a challenge. It's been a challenge to not travel, to not work um, in the ways that I have I've been accustomed to in the past 40 years. But I will say that there are some surprising, surprising grace-filled discoveries along the way. So uh, I'll say it's been what life has always been, which is a, a wonderful, scary, energizing Paschal mystery. How's that? Well, sounds great. What does ministry look like for you in the middle of a pandemic and a time, you know, sheltering in place or whatever each state may be? What, what does it look like for you? You know, it, 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 is, it is conversations like this, Adam. It's um, being invited to... Um, to do a retreat through Zoom or WebEx or some other platform. Um, it's, been invited, it's been invited to staff meetings and campus ministry meetings uh, with young adults, uh, vacation Bible school, uh, doing that type of thing as well. And, uh, and something that is new and near and dear to my heart is just doing some informal uh, live streaming uh, in the afternoon, about an hour in the afternoon, called Eeyore's Place, and then an evening session called Owl's Tree. And it's just really an informal hangout. People have felt um, grateful to just be able to find a soft landing for 
for the day, as well as some ongoing, you know, Catholic social teaching and whatnot. So is that why we have Eeyore and Pooh back behind you then? Yes. And let me say that those were gifts. Um, you know, people who just felt like, oh, you need to have like, yeah, this is a Catholic thing. We need signs and symbols. So, <laughs> so, so they became your they became your statues of Mary and Jesus. Pretty much, pretty much. I got my rosary right here. I got my missionary, missionaries of charity rosary right here. So everything's in place that could be in place. There you go. <laughs> oh well, it's definitely a crazy season. Um, how do you do a um, How do you do a, a, a retreat over Zoom? Uh, you put you. you uh, you interacting with everybody at the same time? Well, you, do, you have to use your imagination because it's not the same thing as being in front of an audience. And as you well know, Adam, that my, you know, my, uh, my, my sweet spot, my jam is being in front of people and getting them to, to lighten up, to getting them to sing, getting them to interact. And that is way, way different using this particular internet live stream platform. However, um, it does it does what is required for most of my most of my in front play, uh, place in in front of face um, presentations, which use your imagination. So I may crack a joke, and even though I don't hear anybody else laughing, I'm just convinced and confident it was a great one. So I'll just laugh myself. It's got, it's a good little ego booster then, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. No, you just, you just, you find a new rhythm, a new way to be present. And it, and it turns out that this digital connection, that this, that this is simply another way and it can be very, very effective. And you can do it without pants. Yeah, uh, you, you, you can. And, uh, I'm actually not doing it with pants this morning. I have a pair of gym shorts on. See, it's all it's all business up here. It's a collared yes. shirt and yes. all that kind of stuff. And then shorts, yes. you know, shorts while you're sitting in a chair. Um, <laughs> nobody will ever know. You can wear a whole suit up top if you wanted to. Oh, man. Um, well, I think I wanted to just uh, spend some time talking about little seasons. And that's why... Uh, that's why I kind of started with just a check-in on, on, on what it's like for you doing ministry during the pandemic. So, um, you know, we'll just continue that with a couple of rapid-fire questions. Did Carol Baskins kill her husband, in your opinion? Okay, I'm going to say I, I don't know definitively. Okay, but did you, like the rest of the world, sit through all of that Tiger King? I'm going to say yes, but and only as research. Only as only research. As research. <laughs> Do you have enough toilet paper in your house? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, I do. I have lots of uh, masks, plastic gloves, and hand sanitizer. And someone even made me some homemade. Oh, wow. Which actually also seconds as a libation of sorts. <laughs> I don't think that that's recommended on the bottle. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, 
so I mean, it's been it's been crazy because you have these moments, these kind of like uh, cultural moments where um, we all have glimpses of just joint unified humor or shared experience, even in this time when we're so disconnected. Um, and I think that being this is a different season, if we start to get into some of what I would really like to talk to you about today and allow you to share with us is um, just some of the heart that I know that, that, that you have in understanding that, um, you know, in all of these seasons, there's a time of gladness, a time of, of trial. Um, and I think for me personally, Hold On to Love, which is one of your beautiful compositions, has been a prayer that I've used in our daily prayer breaks here at St. Patrick. We've used it at our liturgies. Um, it's been kind of a little personal um, theme song for this time, just to kind of remind me and uh, be present that uh, be present to that moment that in every season, um, God's there. And if we could just hold on to that, uh, that love, that, 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 that mercy and that compassion of God, then um, we're going to get somewhere uh, where that might be and what that might look like. So if, if you wouldn't mind, can we just maybe start today's little reflection time with praying that song together? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I actually happen to have my guitar here with me. I saw it there and I figured that, you know, I might as well make you put it to use. <laughs> <laughs> no extra charge, unless, unless I modulate and do a key. Then the meter starts to run. Okay, yeah. so key change equals the extra charge. All right. Yeah, so. but I'm I'm gonna stay in D. Okay. There is a place for the sadness. Hold on to love. There is a season for gladness. Hold on to love where 
sharing that with us. Um, one of my favorite lines is that when prejudice poses is freedom, um, one of the pillars of our parish here at St. Patrick is hospitality and the fact that um, we welcome all because all belong. Um, another great song of yours, actually, um, that we're not going to do right now, but we could have. Um, but I think that uh, that idea of just... Um, Offering dignity, um, offering dignity to each other during this time is probably one of the best gifts that we can give while we're apart. And uh, just wondering if, how do you see that? How do you, how, how would you go about doing that in a time when we're all away? Well, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be different for everyone, but I think the mission of radical hospitality um, is is a mission for every generation. And I think that every generation from the early church to the faith community in, in, uh, uh, that, we, that we read about, that is the faith forebears um, in the Hebrew scripture, and conveys uh, the power and the essential, the essential element of uh, hospitality. That it's 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 literally life or death in Hebrew scripture. When people asked for hospitality, it was granted. It was like non-negotiable. This is life or death. And for us in 2020, we're seeing our turn. How can we cultivate uh, a more authentic, genuine, faith-based understanding of what it means to be welcoming, welcoming of others, welcoming of our very selves, offering compassion for each other and offering self-compassion to ourselves and having a higher sense of when we're not providing that kind of hospitality and compassion is, is really the mission of Jesus in my, in my heart. My, my, my mind's heart is that that is 
That is what Jesus was convicted of. Blasphemy that he dared cultivate that kind of compassion for folks. And, and I think that's our legacy. That's our, that really is the call of the gospel in this day and age. It's, it's you and I having this conversation, Adam. It's you reaching out to your audience as a communicator, as an evangelizer, um, as a spouse, as a father. Um, and, and all of us have a way, all of us have a voice uh, and a way that we can manifest hospitality in small and big ways. Um, and it doesn't, it's not about rocket science, but for some, it might be about how do we, how do we listen to what science is telling us today? Case in point, coronavirus. How do we, how do we navigate some of life's greatest difficulties, especially in this moment of, of humanity's adventure? So I think being able to, to listen, to be mindful, to be humble, to be vulnerable is, is part of the great, the great step towards compassion um, and the great step towards transforming our, not just our, our faith, but transforming the world in a, in a manner. I think that that's uh, the perfect setup for me to ask you this next little series of questions then. So, sure. um, you know, coming from somebody who holds a master's in multicultural ministry from Franciscan School of Theology, yay, the Franciscans. Uh, we both have a love for them, so that's awesome and fun yes. and, and know some of the same ones. Um, <laughs> uh, we're seeing a lot um, of, uh, I think you want to call it, you, you call it unrest. Um, to me, it just seems more like maybe the, the right way to look at it is, there's like this uh, pent up pressure that since we can't go out and do anything else, we're now exploding it into all of these other different areas um, of our culture. Um, and, and these issues that have been around, uh, been around and we've been dealing with them for, you know, centuries um, in, in, in every sense of the word are now being brought to light and um, need need voices and need attention, um, and I, you know, and so we have this world that's looking for this. And during this season, you know, during this season and time, um, these voices need amplification. And I know it's one of those things that you've been spending a lot of time with, uh, as you've shared on your daily Facebook streams. That everybody should go follow. Go follow Jesse's page. I'll put a link somewhere, somewhere, somehow. And then you go find that and watch those. But you've been spending a lot of time um, praying with everybody and experiencing that and talking about that. Um, so I was just wondering if you could share with us a little bit from your multicultural ministry background and an idea of what you're seeing and how we as, as Catholic Christians are called to respond. Well, thank you, Adam. Thanks for that invitation because it is that part of our story is so essential. I'm, you know, I'm going to be 62 this year, and but my training and my formation as, as a person of faith, you know, started at a very early age. 
mass service as an ultra server, as a musician, as a song leader, uh, as a catechist, as a youth worker, you name it, you know, it's all been part of my formation. And in 1996, along with so, so many years of experience, I had the opportunity to enter this program over at the, Francis, the Franciscan School of Theology, um, formerly in Berkeley, now at UC San Diego and Oceanside at Mission San Luis Rey. That program is a, um, was a two-year program that focused on mission in reverse, that we're going to train uh, ministers uh, from a place of humility, from a place of uh, of listening. So the first year when we're placed, those of us who are in that program, we're placed in a culture that is not our own. So my the culture I was placed in was in a Spanish-speaking Salvadoran community that I would meet with at least once a week, go through some workbook activities, go to some of their faith and and cultural celebrations like Dios de los Muertos, uh, a wedding, a funeral. And for the first year, I was simply just listening. And after these cultural events, we, uh, me and my the two mentors who were inside the Salvadoran community would be available to, to chat with me and to hear um, any questions that I might have and they would be just a wonderful source of understanding. And they would even tell me when I was asking the wrong question, like the question of, hey, you know when we went to the cemetery and people brought food, who's gonna eat all that food? I mean, they just left it there. That was like, not the right question. <laughs> the question was, hey, tell me about the banquet that was provided. Tell me about that. So for two years, I had a wonderful experience of establishing a new way of humility, inquiry, observation, and listening to the community of which I was going to serve. The second year was about taking some of the gifts that I have that I had, which was music, writing some songs for the community, but it was only on that second year. So I think the, I think the greatest lessons that I walked away was with listening first and not just, not just saying I'm listening, but asking the community to which I was serving if they were being heard, which is very radical. Because I can go in there with my first world male supremacy, male privilege, um, uh, experience as a, uh, a grad student, uh, uh, you know, blooming theologian, or I simply went in there as Jesse, who simply was granted the, the honor and privilege of walking with them in their lives and having them inform me, having them inform me. That's where the collection Misa del Mundo came from. That's where the songs like All Are Welcome came from. That's where songs like the bilingual 
version of Open My Eyes came from. It came from a, a way of ministering that did not begin with imposing any kind of ministerial education or, or um, expertise on a community that was entering into. Rather, I was going in with of how can I be of service to your community and to your needs? And that has stuck with me. And that will be with me forever to be able to, to ask a community like St. Patrick's or any other community who might invite me and say, thank you so much for your invitation. What is it that you hope your people long to hear, need to hear? What, what is the strength of your community? Tell me what is the strength. Tell me where your strength, where your community might need some support and some encouragement. And in some, in some ways, I'm reminded of Jesus and the blind beggar who says, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And the disciples say, hey, dude, where with Jesus. Uh, you're getting in line, get in line, you know. And that, that blind beggar would still say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And eventually Jesus hears him, walks up to him and says, oh, I heard someone call my name. And the disciples go, we, we took care of it, Lord. Just relax. We, we took care of business, okay? And Jesus says, okay, uh, back off, please, back off. And goes to the blind person and says, I heard you call my name. What is it that I can do for you? How might I? serve you. And so being able to, to walk away with those kinds of experiences and that kind of lens from the Franciscan School of Theology has just been absolutely essential to the way that I write music, to the way that I, I tell a story, the way that I interact, right? So that's, that's a really big chunk of my formation and how I do ministry to this day. So who are you listening to right now? Who are the voices that uh, you would love to amplify, to hear, to, you to know, speak in something? Maybe? I still hear, I still hear um, Father Ed Dunn, who passed away, uh, uh, a Franciscan friar, who passed away many, many years ago. But he, he was one of the guys who I sat on a bus with to Watsonville to to stand in solid solidarity with strawberry workers workers in strawberry fields and and uh, migrant workers I, I still hear his voice i hear the voice of father greg camilla who was a precious blood priest sister ann russell who was an adrian dominican uh father francis bauer who was also one of my most amazing prophetic professors um i i love uh i love listening and uh, reading uh, Richard Rohr, Joan Chittister, Brene Brown, Maya Angelou, <laughs> uh, Dorothy Day, uh, Oscar Romero. Um, just I, I, I just can't get an I can't get enough. Um, and I'm listening right now. I'm listening to an audiobook by Dr. Robin D'Angelo called White Fragility which is one of the most astounding and powerful reads I've, I've, I've read in, in a long time. I've, I'm familiar with Jane Elliott, who's doing work on uh, uh, institutional structural racism. 
and um, and especially with um, this most recent um, reminder in terms of George Floyd and and uh, and Black Lives Matter movement and the whole notion of, of race and the, the notion of powerlessness uh, powerless powerlessness in the face of the pandemic and powerlessness in the face of of um, uh, racism, uh, systemic racism, powerlessness in the in the age of of uh, uh, abuse um, of of uh, of women um, in culture in the church, uh, and so I'm I'm really paying attention to the the essential the essential notions of where power and privilege lie um, and it's it's uh, the hazards of unaccountable power and privilege and it's and it's rippling consequences I really believe that there's nothing new except that you and I as we're having this conversation on the internet it is one of the things it is one of the best uses of technology in that the news of justice and injustice can get to the masses much more quickly. And there's also the shadow side of that, because as much as we can get good stuff, we can also get misinformation and, and all kinds of other stuff. But I'm listening to folks who are still challenging me. And that really feeds my soul to be, to check myself before I wreck myself. I don't know who said that, but it was right on time. Um, so um, I'm paying attention and, and just really trying to listen, trying to listen. I'm taking a cultivating compassion training uh, from Stanford University. This is my second round of, of training. So I'm, I'm just taking this downtime in the, in the season of pandemic, in the season of social upheaval, and just trying to learn see what I can do, small incremental steps towards growth. I know you've been sharing some of those uh, small steps with your Facebook community on a regular basis through some songs and, um, you know, the, 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 using a lot of just cover music and a lot of songs that, you know, from you've been doing classic rock tunes and you've been, you know, doing Disney and everything just to kind of have some fun and, 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 and still real, which is great for me. Cause as a musician, like I think people don't realize that God holds the copyright to everything. So, um, <laughs> well, well said, well said, you know, so, um, you know, I love, I love seeing, seeing some of those other songs, um, sung and I love the way that you, uh, use it and share. So, um, I know that as you've been listening, you've been blessing us by turning around what you're hearing and sharing that with, um, sharing that with everybody. And I would ask that maybe, um, as we look at this, maybe, uh, you can turn around and share, um, some of that with us at the, at the community of St. Patrick. Um, I know one of the songs that, uh, and I don't even know what it's called, um, that you've been using, um, especially as we were in the middle of all of those protests and everything going on. And we were all trying to hear uh, the yes. voices of those in need. 
um, you were singing a song that was like the $20 bill song is what I've called it. And That's I, what I it's called, know. $20 it bill. It is, okay. <laughs> $20 bill. So I was wondering, it, for me, it spoke to something. It spoke to that pause to listen for me when I first heard yeah. you do that. And so I, would, I um, since we're here and we're on this topic, would you be willing to share that song and story with Absolutely. me? Absolutely. Adam, you know, I, um, I don't know how I, I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just say, um, I, I stumbled onto this song that was written by a gentleman named Tom Prasada Rao. Um, Tom Prasada Rao, and I of this guy before, and apparently his path of music has been house to house. You know, not church to church, but he has a huge following in regards to local small gatherings, home concerts, um, and and I found this song called Twenty Dollar Bill, and it looks like Tom just got out of bed, had had the song, he was he had just finished working the song, and he's and he was sharing that he, he was apologizing because he just finished with this chemotherapy and he was pretty wiped out. He 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 was apologizing for his voice being so strained and um but he wanted to share this song. And I am so glad because he said on his notes in Facebook, he said to any of you who want to share this, please do so. Please do so and let folks know and pass it on. I, I, I had been singing this song probably for about two weeks, wondering why he was calling it $20 bill. And I thought, I just, what? And then it occurred to me that was why the police were called. Because the store owner, the shop owner, had a suspicion that George was trying to pass off uh, a counterfeit $20 bill. And as we know, it, it didn't end well. Tom Prasada, Rao, $20 bill. Some people die for honor. Some people die for love. Some people die with singing to the heavens above. Some people die believing in the cross on Calvary's hill. Some people die in the blink of an eye for a $20 bill. Sometimes you see it coming, 
sometimes you don't know until you run out of breath with a knee on your neck for a twenty dollar bill brother I never knew you and now I never will But I make this promise to you I remember you still Take it, this is my body It's time to break the bread To this in remembrance just like the good book says Sometimes the wine is a sacrament Sometimes the blood is just spilled Sometimes the law is the devil's last straw The future unfilled Because a dream has been killed for a twenty dollar bill. Sir. Powerful message. Thank you for continuing to share that. Um, I think about where we started this conversation with the seasons um, and the season of pandemic and the season of unrest. Uh, that that where I asked you to start with our opening prayer was to hold on to love. Um, you you know this because you've seen my guitar, but I wrote it all comes down to love right on the outside of my guitar so it's all there it's tattooed on my arm i've shared this story before you know that um i think that that's the uh that that for me has always been the answer um to all of um to all of this and if we um we can worry so much about where um god's not or think that this you know this political stance or this argument is um gonna gonna be the hill that we're gonna you know go go out and crusade or die upon um without realizing that maybe you know we need to always look at it from the perspective of is this love because that's the first thing that we learn when we're little kids right so you do a lot of ministry with children but the first thing you tell them is that god loves so wherever there's wherever there's uh if that's true then which i believe it is then wherever there's love there's god um and we got to hold on to that and seek those things out and find out where God is and not so much worry about where he's not. So um, just kind of would love to move into just a little time of prayer and allow you to close this conversation out for us uh, with any more final thoughts and prayer. And I'm going to step away and not say anything and give you a few minutes to do that. Um, and I just ask that, uh, you know, maybe if you wouldn't mind um, leading it, uh, with open my eyes um i think that that's the uh 
that's how we're going to see it, right? We're going to open our eyes. We're going to open our ears. We're going to open our hearts. We're going to love like God. We're going to see God. Um, and if we can at least use this time to hear all of this and to hear these different voices and these different ideas and to listen like you just called us, you know, challenged us to, um, then uh, let's uh, put it into action and start with a prayer. Holy One, we are grateful. We are grateful for the great gift of life. A life that offers, offers us opportunity to live, to love, to share, to give. An opportunity to, to rise, to fall, succeed to fail and to experience all that in your grace in your love in your mercy in your compassion you know the deepest desires of our hearts the deepest longings and aches you know the breaks in our heart. You know every fear, every moment of anxiety, every feeling of powerlessness. And so we simply, with gratitude, with humility, with vulnerability, with solidarity, pray thank you we pray bless you we pray let us let you love us let us let you move us transform us transform our fear transform our powerlessness into a love that is like yours, a trust and a faith and a hope and a joy that is like yours so that we can see ourselves as you see, as you see us and we can see each other as you see others. To be able to offer compassion and mercy and yes, offer a little compassion and a little mercy for ourselves to wish and pray for an end to suffering to wish for happiness for each other for ourselves in the midst in the midst of grief in the midst of strife and conflict may we be open to your peace 
to your healing. So open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Transform us, Holy One. Transform us so that we can answer the call to be your eyes and your ears, your hands and your feet, your heart. Move in us, grow in us. And the first shall be last, and our eyes are open, and we'll hear like never before. We'll speak in new ways. We'll see God's face in places we'd never know. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see your face. Open my eyes. my ears, Lord. open my ears, help me to hear your voice, open my ears, Lord. help me to hear, open my heart, Like you open my heart, Lord. Help me to love. Abre mis ojos. Que quiero ver como tú. Abre mis ojos. other in our actions help us to mean it in our actions in our deeds and thank you for that necessary humility and vulnerability and we thank you and we bless you in your holy name and the church said amen mm -hmm.